exercise? Is fitness an important part of your lifestyle? Are you interested in getting better results from your time spent sweating? All About Fitness is here to help you understand the workout programs and products that can help you achieve your fitness goals. My name is Pete McCall, and I've been educating personal trainers since flip phones and portable CD players were all the rage. Broadcasting from one of the fittest cities in the country, San Diego, the purpose of All About Fitness is to help you learn how exercise and fitness can improve your life. If you have any questions or there are any specific experts you'd like to hear from or products you would like to know about, and you'd like to hear me talk about them on the podcast, please go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com, and let me know how All About Fitness can help you. Now on to today's guest. Losing weight, improving definition, enhancing athletic performance, adding muscle mass, all these are common goals for working out. But when was the last time that you walked into a gym for the sole purpose of feeling better? Have you ever worked out just to feel happier or just to put yourself in a better mood? It's well documented that exercise can provide many benefits for your mental as well as physical health. But we sometimes get so hung up on the looking better part of exercise that we often overlook the feeling better part. There are many reasons for working out. And your overall happiness and positive mental outlook should be one of, if not the most important reason, for why you exercise. Today's guest, Petra Kolber, is a longtime fitness industry veteran. For years, Petra was sponsored by Reebok and was one of the leading step instructors in the world responsible for teaching thousands of instructors how to teach step aerobics. Petra has been featured in dozens of magazines and has numerous workout videos available for in-home workouts. Recently, Petra has developed a new program called Moving to Happiness, where the goal is to exercise for the purpose of feeling better, not just looking better. Petra understands that exercise can help you develop the right mindset to succeed in all areas of life, not just in the gym. In our conversation today, we talk about the psychological benefits of fitness and what you can do today to start moving your way to happiness. But first, a word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, Vicor Fitness and the Active Motion Bar. Vicor Fitness makes workout benches that mold to your body, leading to a more comfortable workout that is easier on your joints. Please go to vicorefitness.com for more details. While you're there, look for the TerraCore, a brand new workout platform that provides a unique training challenge that can help boost your total body strength. Doing the same lift over and over can create potential injuries. Using a dynamic variable resistance is one way to avoid overuse injuries. Each active motion bar, 30% of the mass will move as the bar moves, creating a unique workout challenge that has been found to be up to 170% more effective than standard weight bars. Check out ACTIVMotionBar.com for details. Active Motion Bar. Let the resistance move you. If you enjoy listening to All About Fitness, please take a moment to give us a rating and provide some feedback. If you have any specific requests for guests or information, please go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com, and send me an email. I want to tailor this program to your needs so I can help you live a better lifestyle through fitness, health, and exercise. And now on today's guest, Petra Colbert. So 
People Call here, all about fitness, and today I'm talking with Petra Kolber, the great Petra Kolber. I've been a fan of her for years. She probably doesn't remember, but um, years ago I used to volunteer at a fitness conference and sign in presenters, sign in uh, fitness experts who were presenting at the conference, and Petra was always one of the nicest ones who would spend a little bit of time, chat with me, and, and hang out. And I, and I wanted to get to what she was doing now, um, or what she does, is, is fitness education. And so I, it's a great pleasure today. I'm going to interview Petra, talking to her about her new program, Moving to Happiness. So rather than me give the introduction, Petra, give us a little background. How did you get into fitness? How did you end up in the States, and how did you get to fitness? Well, first of all, thank you, Pete. You have now beat me as a fitness uh, educator by spades. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> um, but thank you for having me here. Um, I was a dancer for many years. So movement's always been a part of my my, my journey. And I was a dancer professionally in London for about three years. Not that successful. I was constantly auditioning every day for one gig here, one week job there. It was exhausting. Quick synopsis, I actually got a job with a friend of mine on a cruise line because hmm. we thought we just needed, we wanted to work, but we, we were so tired of your everyday auditionings that we told you to this, you're not that. So we got a job on, um, it was the first mega ship with Carnival Cruise Lines and I came over to the States Little introduction to aerobics there. I had no idea what it was, but we had to do crew staff duties. And part of that was teaching this thing called aerobics on the deck. I had no idea what it was. Kind of copied the Jane Fonda day tape in the day. And then came to Miami. Was a dancer there. And I knew I was going to move to New York City. And I'm also a realist. Being from England, we are really very grounded in where we're really great at telling everything we're not good at. <laughs> so I knew I'd go to New York, I might need a backup. And so I heard this thing about these ACE certification. And I was living in Miami at the time. I was I remember studying with the big ACE manual backstage between shows. Huh. And one Sunday I flew up. Um, before the Sunday show, took my um, ACE certification, came back down, and because of that, I ended up being on the Reebok mailing list. And I got this mailing for this thing called STEP. And it happened to be the very first ever, ever STEP workshop that Jim Miller did, and it just happened to be in Florida where I live. So I took this thing called STEP. A few years later, a couple of years later, I moved up to New York, and STEP was all the rage. And not everybody was teaching at that point. So I knew how to teach it. You know, it's basic right for an hour, basic left. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> what we, we, it became. But because, of I, because I was a new face and I was teaching step, I got into the hot aerobic studios of the day very quickly. It was really just luck and timing. And I, I fell in love with step. I wasn't even really in love with aerobics at the time because I still had that dancer's ego. Like, ugh, it's just jumping around to music. And once I figured out that, oh my gosh, I actually get immediate gratification, people are so much more responsive to me and my energy, and I just quickly was, and very luckily, because of STEP, I got into the high-profile clubs. Um, and it's funny, because it's interesting, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, because back in the day, fitness in New York was all club-based, and if you weren't in the right club, there was nothing, you know, you weren't part of anything, but today that's shifted, now fitness in New York Fitness in Manhattan is all studio based. Yeah. It's all private trainer based. Let me ask you, what, what was your base dance like? What were you? What were you formally trained in as a dancer? Musical theater. So my oh, really? specialty okay. was like jazz, and I was also a really good tap dancer, oh, really? which is fantastic. But the trouble is, not many unless you're on Forty Second Street. There's not a great need for tap. <laughs> so I would always pray that tap was the thing they asked us to do, um, and it. Often what they asked you to do was sing, and I was a terrible singer. So my main suit was jazz, so musical theater jazz. 
And I was around, I was actually in New York for that transition where basically the small studios, Molly Fox, Jeff Martin, um, among others, I was there when they were being closed down because oh, really? the bigger gyms were coming in. It was a really interesting time to be in that shift. And now it's kind of coming back a little bit to the more boutique Yeah, it's coming back totally studios. to the trainer, to yeah. the boutique studio, and, and to the personality-driven. Yeah. So how'd you get into fitness education? You're doing you're, you're teaching step aerobics in Manhattan, mm. which is like the hub of everything, as we know, not the hub of everything in fitness, but because there's so many magazines there, it kind of drives a lot of the trends. How'd you make the transition from being a regular instructor to being one of the presenters, one of the people who goes out and teaches other instructors? Yeah. I think what I forget is how much hustle I put into this. You know, I often say, you know, I was really lucky. I met Reebok. But what had happened prior to that, I was teaching step. And I knew I always, for some reason, I always wanted to create something different. So I had done a fashion show for Dance Skin. And there was this live drummer there. Hmm. And I had this idea as I was doing this fashion show. Going, mm, what if live drums? What would happen if that went with step? Hmm. So what I started doing is I taught a class at Molly Fox called Drummers. No, London Beat. Huh. And it was four drummers and me and no music. And I basically used my paycheck to pay the drummers. I was about to ask, how'd you pay for the drummers? Yeah, so basically, I, you, it was a zero game for you, but... In the short game, in the long game, it was the best thing I ever okay. did, Pete. So what happened is, I was basically teaching that class for free, actually losing money because there were four drummers. And at the same time, I was training a PR woman for free every morning at 6 a.m. Hmm. at Molly's. Okay. And we started, I remember we did a press event, and I couldn't even pay my rent at that point. I just bounced my rent check, and a friend lent me some money to put on this press event. We had it catered. And now looking back, I realized we had Cosmopolitan, we had Allure, we had the top magazines show up. Yeah. And so we got this press that now you couldn't, you couldn't even begin to get. Well, real quick, that's one thing that, that I point out, and, and, and this is a very diverse audience, but for fitness professionals, people that own the studios, yeah. it's always better to invest in PR than in advertising. You're always better to invest in somebody who can get you in the media because the media gives you that instant credibility. And so the fact that, especially you're in Manhattan, if you got in Cosmo, if you got in Glamour, if you got in Shape and Self, I'm not sure what other magazines were there yeah. at that time, that gives you this instant credibility and this instant exposure. It, is that kind of what happened? Yeah, it makes you the expert. Even if you're not, in everyone's, if, you're in the, if you're in print, you're now an expert. We see yeah. this in media today. Yeah, 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 Just because it's in media doesn't mean it's right, but it certainly <laughs> positions you as the expert. Yeah. So what happened, because of that, Reebok came to that event. Oh, wow. It was Stephanie Montgomery at the time. Okay. She was um, the Reebok representative. And it just so happened that Reebok was looking for, and Jin was the big gal of Step, and she always was the headliner. But they wanted someone to do this workout around the Olympics with Nancy Kerrigan, mm -hmm. um, uh, Mayon, and two other amazing athletes. I'm sorry, I don't remember their name. It was that long ago. And so we all put our tapes in, and I had, I had filmed the drummer's beat, mm -hmm. and it was such a point of difference. So and it was a that class you could there was a wait list to get in and it was just yeah. we just made that move it was spontaneity yeah. it was the best of cool. being in the moment live music so it's like improv dance or improv, so it's like improv dance set. that's awesome yeah you came in with an idea but basically you had no idea what was going to come up it was fantastic and I think Reebok said well she's doing something different and they hired me to create their and choreograph and lead their second VHS tape that they ever did and because oh, wow. of that I remember this one can I share it with you yeah yeah I really had no idea what I was doing, to be quite honest. And um, I just remember Jin, Jin shared a piece of advice with me. She said, just show up and be beyond professional, over-deliver. 
and computers were just coming in, so I was typing out the notes on a typewriter, and you know, I was work, working with Nancy Carrigan. And one thing I knew is like, you got to make people feel at ease. Yeah. So I think Reebok, and at this point I was getting paid, you know, at the time it was decent money for this gig, and um, what they, uh, I remember they, we'd done ten days of filming on film. It's like a million dollar budget. Yeah, that's you know, not, huge. Not like ten thousand dollars today. That's no, it's expensive. Yeah. You do, especially you do two, three camera shoots, sound, light, on everything. film. It was crazy. Yeah. And athletes. And I remember the, the head at the time, she went, I need the magic dust. I was like, what the heck's magic dust? She goes, I need to walk and talk. I need someone to introduce this and make it come alive. And I thought, let me just give it a go. I said, just let me do one shoot. Pete, I had no idea. I remember the whole crew shut down. Mm -hmm. They had one um, camera on um, the dolly. And I walked to the back. I just had no idea. And I turned around and I walked and talked into this camera. And they went, cut, I don't know what I said, and she went, that's the magic dust. And that, to me, was when Reebok said, we want to talk to you and put you under contract. Oh, wow. It's that's crazy. really crazy. Cool. Yeah. So cool. it was just, I remember that when I said, I remember doing that, it was like 20 seconds, I went, something's just changed now. Yeah. Don't know what it is. And then I got 10 years with Reebok. Wow, so you got to be the face of Reebok and go yeah. on the step. And that's how, when I first, when I first saw your name, was my wife was you know was a Reebok was a step instructor a big step instructor and yeah. so I can't tell you how many of your DVDs and videos we had on VHS yeah and, you know, on VHS we <laughs> sure. and honestly I, I I honestly have to admit, I apologize for this but I just had her throw out some of the VHS tapes so and some of the old cassette because we had an egg crate full we just moved and we had this egg crate that I put up in the attic seven years ago when we moved into this house and I was like sweetheart if we don't move this in seven years I got to get rid of it. Because and I it was you Marcus Irwin it was some of Kelly's stuff in there and it was kind of hard because some of that is like kind of the history of our of our business and I also found I, I kept a lot I kept so many articles from when I was a trainer and, and I have these three ring binders I found one of you in the Reebok probably 2001 in a Reebok ad that was so, me yeah crazy and, was, and so you you came from you come from a background of step aerobics you've taught several aerobics for years and as you what's happened to the industry in the last number of years where when did step kind of start transitioning away and what have you you know kind of What'd you do as step transition away? Because I know you also did dance aerobics as well, correct? Yeah. yeah, I mean, dance is a big part of it for me also. I think what happened is step, we, we started trying to prove ourselves on the step with choreography. Mm -hmm. And we lost the long end game of making this, making our clients feel successful. Step was so successful in the beginning because yeah. it was up, up, down, down. Yeah and a V-step, and some jazz hands, yeah. and people could do it. Yeah. And then it was anything, you know, it starts with an idea, it then becomes a business, and then yeah. there wasn't a lot of, you know, additional product that could go with yeah, the step. So we, if we had kept it as it, what it was, a tool to have fun around, keep it successful, and it's still here in different formats, but when we started losing the fun of it and when people could no longer be in flow because they were so busy freaking out, like, what's a helicopter? What's a... We became so complicated that there was no way they could be in the moment and enjoy themselves. Yeah. It stopped being successful when people walked out of their class going, I'm not good enough to do this. Well, that becomes, and that, that becomes one thing I've seen is not just in our industry, but just in general in our culture. If you do a little bit, I'm going to do a little bit plus one. I'm going to do plus one. I'm always going to try to do a little bit more than you. And you bring it back because it's all about making the client, all about making the individual feel successful. And that's what a lot of people might be listening to this that maybe have had kind of fallen off the wayside of fitness. It's because it doesn't feel right for them. It doesn't feel – and when you're in New York, what is, what's, the, what's it like being a fitness professional in New York? How does New York 
focus, like in terms of being a, uh, an instructor or, or being a trainer in New York, what kind of focus that make you, what's that make you focus on as an instructor? I guess what I'm asking. Yeah, no, it's interesting. For those people is that might have fallen off, like you had said, oftentimes the first thing we do is like, oh, I failed again at fitness. And I go, oh, no, you didn't. Fitness failed you. Yeah, no, we, you're absolutely right, yeah. We, we, you, you know, you're going to look at that teacher, that leader, that personal trainer as the expert. And it's our job not to have all the answers, but it is our job to ask the right questions to make you feel successful. So if that is you, and if you are listening to this right now, no, it's not you. You just didn't find the right fit for you to find flow and feel successful. In New York, I mean, I was in New York for 10 years teaching in the heyday, and I went to yeah. L.A. for 10 years. Now I'm back for the second time only like 13 months. And honestly, Pete, right now I'm not teaching. Yeah. I went back as a member because I'm expanding my speaking and my writing. And that there's a, there's a lot of pressure in New York. You, even if I was to teach one class a week, it wasn't about that one class. You need your new music every week. You, yeah. It's high demand, which I have no problem with. They demand excellence. But it's, you know, we've got a lot of type A personalities. And not in every club, but even in a lot of the yoga studios I, I go and visit, it's the workout to, to look a certain way, to stay at that high octane level. Well, that's, and that's what, because you, you went from Manhattan to L.A., and those are the two markets. The way I look at the fitness market around the, around the country, though, when you look at the country, Manhattan, and, and it's primarily like central Manhattan, might be different than some of the outline areas, Miami, and I'll say Los Angeles, Orange County, and San Diego altogether. So you have Manhattan, Miami, and Southern California is all about appearance. If you're in one of those markets doing fitness, it is all about how you look. What you know is somewhat irrelevant. People don't care what you know. I was fortunate when I was a trainer in D.C., in Washington, D.C., and an instructor in Washington, D.C., where you have a much more educated population. Their focus on, when they did fitness, yeah, it was about their looks, but it was more about their health. I had people that, that would work with me because they wanted to be fitter, they wanted to be healthy, they wanted to have energy. One woman wanted to play baseball with her 9, 11-year-old sons. And it wasn't about looking a certain way because they're going to press events or doing this or they're going to be doing performances or in, in, in theater or, or acting in films. It was about quality of life. So, so D.C., Boston, I've worked in Boston as well, Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, people there are fit for quality of life. And I think that's where, you know, one of the, the, the issues I've always had, not issues, but one of the concerns I've had was so much fitness being driven out in New York as it's all driven on appearance and not necessarily about quality of life. That's why I love what you're doing right now with Moving to Happiness. So what you've been doing for the last couple of years and what I want to talk to you is, what's your new focus? You're, you're focusing really on, on being happy, right? Well, again, it's, for me, it's like Moving to Happiness, reframing the why behind the workout. And it's all about how do you feel at the end of that time you had in the gym, doing a race, whatever your workout is, going for a walk. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, I'm not negating. There's nothing wrong in in wanting to have us look a certain way, if that empowers you. You know, for some bodybuilders, we know that's their passion. Yeah. So, but if you're looking to a certain way and it's, it's because you believe when you lose that 10 pounds, you're gonna be happy, you're gonna love yourself, you're gonna be more successful, then I wanna have a conversation with you. Because can we take weight loss and gene size off the table as that end goal? Not saying that you might not need to lose weight for your health or to play with your grandchildren and play soccer and play baseball or go um, on the trip of your dreams, but that now becomes your goal. 
But the goal shifts to something that gives you meaning and purpose. Like Simon Sinek said, the what is your why? Yeah. I want your goal to be your why mission when you get out of bed. And I know personally for myself, because I often believed when I was, for many years in the industry, I thought I had to look a certain way to show up as a fitness expert. Yeah. So for me, many of my reasons to work out was so I could stay with that flat abs. To, so people, when they looked at me, I represented what I thought they wanted. Some of that was media-driven, and some of that was my own Well, stuff. we have that inner voice, and, mm -hmm. and there is a certain thing of where if you are a fitness expert, you are expected to look a certain way. And, and, and I think, uh, to, to its detriment, I think I love social media, and I think social media is a great vehicle for a lot of people in all levels of in all industries to be able to connect with their audience, connect with their customers. But the one thing I, I'm concerned about with social media and fitness is we do make it more, and we give more credibility to people that look a certain way that may not have any real knowledge or education. And, and the one thing I've always paid attention to is, is I've never been, I, I came from playing rugby, I was a front row rugby player, you're, you're from Britain, so you know what yeah. that means. I was a hooker and a prop, and, and um, you know, I always joke that I'm one of, the, one of the few dads who would be happy if his daughter grew up being a hooker. And by that, I mean a number two in rugby. <laughs> we got Only it. Only number two in rugby. But <laughs> had to quickly follow that up. I had to quickly follow that up. But for me, fitness was always about performance. It was never about appearance. For me, it was about, can't, am I fit enough to, to play in the first 15? Am I fit enough to be competitive for a spot? You know, and, and it was probably from being having exposure to South Africans, to Kiwis, to Australians, to Brits, where their, their focus on fitness was on let's be fit for the match. Let's be match fit. And, and the mere fitness kind of fell by the wayside. And that's where, you know, I kind of focused on when I was a trainer and instructor, you know, full time, when that was my full time job, I talked with clients about how do we change your performance? What are some performance metrics we can do? Can we do push ups? Can we do pull ups? What can we do? Because I would try to change their shift away from how they looked towards, towards how they felt and what they could do. And I've always kind of been an outlier in fitness for that. Well, I, don't put, I don't put your appearance first. I understand that a lot of people want to, they exercise because that drives them. But I've always thought about quality of life. And that's why I think, in, in, and when I saw your happiness, when I read, I, I forget if I read something that you wrote or just read something about it. But when I saw that you're doing this moving the happiness thing, I was like, that's brilliant. So that's why I really like what you're doing because when was the last time anybody asked if you're happy with working out? You know, I hear, I hear people give all kinds of reasons. I've never heard anybody coming to the gym saying, I want to work out because I just want to be, be in a better mood. And that's, and how'd you get, how'd you get the, the inspiration to do this? What was your kind of motivation? Well, I think what you said, Pete, like you train people for the productivity, for the performance, for the not the mirror. And the last few years, and I love what our industry has been doing. I think we've done a great job. I think we could be doing better. And so I'd step off the stage and going, oh, I just feel like something's missing. So I found this thing called positive psychology, which is basically looking at the things that are working in your life and all the things that contribute to leading. I use the word happiness, but the word is flourishing, a thriving, prosperous, vigorous life. And when you look at all the things that help you elevate your performance in this body of work called your life, movement and gratitude come right at the top. But we're not taught that. So we look at the people that like work out for the mirror, and then we look at what media, even our own professional fitness media, is selling. They're just looking into the mirror because that's what we've sold them. We, from the majority of the time, you know, you were going to work out. When was the last time we saw in a fitness magazine, walk for 10 minutes to elevate your happiness? We see it's a six pack. It's dropped ten pounds in yeah, two everything, days. Every every cover is the same for guys. It's you know you biceps, Get chest, buff. abs, and for women it's thighs, hips, abs, and, and never. There's a little bit of talk about it because we understand the role that it plays. And there's been some recent stuff about 
the role that exercise plays in dealing with depression. Absolutely. But what people don't realize is that exercise, for, if you exercise for no other reason, it makes you feel better. I was saying that today in a session I just presented. I said, when was the last time you had a client, or even yourself, you moved for movement's sake? You moved because you know you needed more energy, or maybe you moved because you wanted to, you're going for job promotion, and you knew that when you stood up, you're going to have more energy, more vitality, you're going to be more creative, you're going to be more likable, you're going to be happier, and in turn, probably get the promotion. When's the last time you got on a treadmill and not looked at the numbers to how many steps I'd taken, how many calories I'd burned, and there's nothing wrong in metrics, nothing wrong in metrics at all, as long as when you look at that number, it's empowering you versus disempowering you. So I'm all about how do you feel when you move? What's your motivation? And can we change the motivation from numbers to feelings? And the thing is, there's so much science coming out now. Start where you're at. And if you start looking at fitness for an, with the end game being weight loss, it's overwhelming. You're never going to get started. But if I could suggest to you or invite you to say, you know what, if you just stood up today for five minutes every hour, your brain's going to be happier. You're going to be able to focus more. If you even are depressed, it's going to help you manage that. If you take a walk, like 20 minutes, moderate intensity, not suggesting you're coming off your medication because we know that this, but exercise has, it targets the exact same part of the brain as antidepressants. We see that stress, anxiety, suicides are all on the way up. Um, and it's not sexy to talk about it. Well, no, it's not, and especially in an environment where we are more plugged into. Because I've been noting recently that anytime you're in a line or anytime you're, where you're waiting for more than two minutes, you're on your phone. You're not chatting with the person in line next to you. You're not making you know stupid small talk like you used to do. I don't know how many times you've done that at the at the coffee shop. You know, you start chatting with somebody. You know, waiting in line for your your daily fix. But now we're all so hyper focused into our social media, into our devices that I think we're losing a social component in the great area. And that's one of the things I think that's good about fitness is it brings people together socially, but then you got to frame I love the fact that you're saying frame it in the right context. Yeah. You know, frame it to, if you're using metrics because you feel better knowing that you did a certain amount of work, that don't makes all the sense. Don't, don't beat yourself up. But I think where we, get, where, where we fail people, and you're absolutely right, fitness fails people. You don't fail fitness. Fitness fails you because we tell you you have to be or look or do a certain way and we're not focused on how you feel. And, and, and that's what you're so smart by saying that, that exercise, just a little bit of activity, can help change a lot in our bodies. And so with, with what you've been doing lately, how has that, that helped you evolve from being a step instructor now to how are you focusing on movement? Like what type of movement are you focusing on? You know, I now focus on movement that, A, the majority of America can do, like what we call the deconditioned market, is the people that needs us. It's the majority of America. Yeah. And what we think a beginner is, is for most people, they're advanced. Yeah. Unfortunately, I love our, uh, but we were teaching this that top 10%. And so the movement I want to invite other people to think about starts with what's gonna save your life. Mm. And that's standing. Yeah. And then outside of that, what's changing it for me, it's not, we've made the body the end game. Whereas I feel your body is your vessel to move into the best journey, the best challenge, and that's your life. So what movement's gonna help you get through a sad situation, get through a divorce, get through the loss of a loved one? What movement's gonna complement, what are you training for? Yeah. So I'm training to, for life right now. So you're trying to focus on the process, not the outcome. So exactly. you're trying to reshift people's focus to the process. And you say this, 
we're sitting down right now. And she's saying standing up. And I'm actually going to push the chair back because I hate being seated. One of the things I like about our business is I kick myself in the tailbone when I catch myself. If I'm writing sometimes, when I'm writing and working on something, I get bogged down. I'm locked down. I look up and two hours later, I've been seated and my back kills me. My shoulders kill me. And so what we just did, we just pushed the chairs back to literally stand, stand up. up a little bit. And so, so is that the audio going to be okay here, Pete? Right. I, I, whatever. We'll Sometimes deal we can deal. sacrifice our health for yeah, good audio. I don't know. Okay. Audio, audio will, will, will come secondary. But so the, the minimal that people can do. Somebody's listening to this and wants to be wants to work on more active. What's a couple of things they can start doing? First thing for me, if you even if you are active, we now see that you can be active for an hour and then you go and sit for eight hours at your desk. You've just undid. You were talking about this yeah. before. You yeah. just undid all that incredible work that you did. And then if you've never really moved before, start by standing, but not for an hour. Start for five minutes every hour. Put your timer on. And if you can, if you can afford it, I think this should be mandatory for all businesses at this point. Get a standing desk. Yeah. I have one that's easy to pop up when I stand up. And, then if, and if you are sitting, can maybe you sit on a balance ball, some yeah. balance ball where you can use your core a little bit. Don't beat yourself up. Start by standing more. Well, I'm going to do a little plug here. A friend of mine, one of my fraternity brothers, who funny, I, you know, we weren't that close, but he's a really, really good guy. He's developed something called the Fluid Stance. Ooh. Totally independent. He's based out of Colorado. I'll send you a link to it. But yeah. Fluid Stance is like a wider balance board. It's for people who stand at work. And so it's when you stand on, stand on it, it gives you more activity. I'll send you a link to it and send you an intro to it. I would but, love yeah, that. Joel, the, 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 if you're interested, if you do stand and have a standing desk at work, Fluidstance.com is a great resource, and Joel is, is a longtime friend. And that's because I had a standing desk for a while when I was at the American Council on Exercise, and now that I work for myself, my home, I, I use the standing desk at, at the bar, I use my kitchen bar, and there are two or three Starbucks I go to, plug, plug, two or three <laughs> Starbucks I go to, coffee shops that I, know, that I go to specifically because they have the higher tables I can stand at. Interesting. And, and yeah. I, find, I find I'm more productive just standing. That's, and that's one of the things I loved. I've been following you on Facebook with that. And your message is just getting up and standing because people don't realize you don't need to go do a wad. You don't need to lift a ton of weight. You don't need to just sprint your butt off on an indoor cycle. Standing for five minutes an hour can improve your health. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong, again, if, you're, if you are that person who just gets their fix, they, they love that high-intensity workout, and you're managing your stress well, don't change a thing. But if you're that person that's listening, you know, I just, every time I walk into the gym, I feel like a failure. Start training for your life versus your physicality. Start training for you when and like again, you know, I want to be at my most creative. I'm writing a lot like you are. I know when I'm sitting my brain just shuts off. I yeah. get I get my focus gets fuzzy. So when I stand up I'm more creative, I'm more vital, I have more energy, my brain fires up. I'm just nice. Listen, the person we're with 24/7 is ourselves. <laughs> so I just I huh. tend to focus on the better parts of me when I'm yeah. standing. And so the workouts I do now really is based on what am I training for. Sometimes I'm traveling a lot, so I'll just go out for a walk, see the neighborhood. Other times I'm really stressed, so I'll go and try and take a Tai Chi or a yoga class. Like, what, do you, what do you find that when you're stressed and you feel that you have a lot going on, what is your kind of go-to movement? Is it just tai, as simple as Tai Chi and yo, or yoga? My or? true go-to for de-stressing is a walk in Central Park. Really? That's yeah. cool. I, out in nature, and there's something about that place. I'm so blessed I live two blocks from it. Oh, wow. Because it allows me to be in flow. Because there's always something going on different there. There's a musician, there might be a, yeah. a dancer, a juggler. So you're constantly, basically in a state of awe. Awe and gratitude. Like, thank you for this amazing thing in the middle of New York City where I get to 
see some of the... I've fallen across a Philharmonic, a Philharmonic orchestra practicing. Really? I've fallen across the most amazing dancers. And so I go in with this idea of, oh, what are you going to bring to me today in New York City? <laughs> and for when I'm stressed, I'll take a 20-minute walk and it... Because it's not like you know, it's not the stress that's killing us, it's how we're managing it. Yeah. And when you're sitting and you're stressed, that's just a double whammy. Well, you're isolated. You're, you're focused on what the challenge is as opposed to something you can do. And exercise, just going out for a 20-minute walk, is you can tick off that you did something successful that day. You did yeah. something right. And one of my taglines I've always said is a little bit of something is better than a lot of nothing. Yeah. So if just getting up and doing a little bit of exercise, if that's where you start, congratulations, because that took a lot for you to take that first step and to get that first movement. And I love high-intensity stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love my kettlebells. I love my sprints. Mm -hmm. I love all that stuff. But I'm very mindful that a lot of people out there, that stuff is foreign to them. The analogy I always use is that I go, I, I, I like Apple products, you know, but when I go in the Apple store, I feel completely out of place. I feel old. I feel, I feel dorky, even though it's a shop for nerds, because I don't know what I'm asking for. I, don't, I just want my thing to work. And I am always mindful, Petra, that, that how I feel walking into an Apple store or how I feel walking into a Home Depot, I know I need just one widget, and you have 20 aisles of mega widgets in a Home Depot. That's how people feel walking into our environment. I can walk into any gym in the world and automatically feel comfortable. But if you put me into an Apple store or Home Depot or Lowe's, I feel completely overwhelmed and out of place. And do you ever experience the same thing? And is, is that a huge part of what you're doing? Oh, yeah. I always ask people to, if they're in the, if on the training side, I go, when is the last time you did something for the first time? Because that's what I want you to remember. And for me, what the experience that always comes back is when I moved to L.A., I thought I'd wanna, I wanted to start riding outdoors. So I signed up for, you know, I got the widget, I got my bike, and I signed up for an outdoor racing club that was meant to be for beginners. Mm -hmm. And two things I will never forget. One, how when I rode up on my bike, how unwelcome I oh, felt. Wow. I felt like an inconvenience because mm. I was the beginner. Even and in then, a beginning class. Even in a beginning class. And halfway through the ride, I actually fell over because my clip was too tight. And there was no, like, we're with you. We're, again, I felt like an inconvenience. Mm. And where do you think that bike sat for the next 10 years? In Probably storage. In closet, yeah. yeah. And so if you were someone who's ever been felt... Whoever has felt like an inconvenience, I'm so sorry yeah. because our industry did you a disservice and I want you to give us another chance. And I know they always say there's never a, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression, but give us another chance. And if you are from the fitness side, never forget what it felt like, like you said, to do something for the first time. It's a scary place, the gym. Oh, and when we can bring absolutely. the humanity and heart and remember that people might not just might not be there for the same reasons that we are. Yeah. Got to bring it back to what's important to you. Is it your life? Is it your work? Is it your family? Is it travel? Is it your animals? Whatever it is, let's tie their fitness goals into things that give them meaning and purpose. Well, the one thing, it's funny, I hadn't thought about this for years, but when I first started working this, I was working in government stuff. I was working in politics in D.C., and I was working at the gym part-time to meet women and to get a free gym membership. That's how I met my wife, so it worked. Um, and I just remember, people would come into the gym. It was in DuPont Circle, right in downtown D.C. People would come into the gym. They had such a sour look on their face after being at their office nine, ten hours. But then they walked out, they looked so relieved and so happy. And that's, I think, what's so important is to reposition it, that you're not coming in to do, if that's your goal, yeah, do it. But if you're, if you're exercise for nothing else, it makes you feel better. 
And hey, if you had a bad day, go to the gym and throw something. Grab one of those medicine balls and throw it at the ground. Take a boxing class and hit something. But that's what people don't realize. You know, we put all this focus on we have to look, you know, we have to be a size two. We have to have six-pack abs. And I don't think I've ever had a six-pack. <laughs> you know, I keep in mind well hidden in a cooler. But it's more about being able to, to move. And if people were interested in your moving to happiness, how they find out more information about it? Best way to go is my website, Petra Kolber, P-E-T-R-A-K-O-L-B-E-R.com. And if for what people, and again, just kind of repeat, I know we talked about it earlier, but if somebody listening to this wants to be a little bit healthier today, give them two things they can be doing right now to make their lives a little healthier. A, find something that empowers you. Sit and take a moment, ask yourself three questions. First question is, what is something in my past that I'm proud of? Because hmm. that's going to remind you of how strong you are. Because oftentimes we pull from our strengths when we go through a challenging time, we feel pride. Second empowering question, ask yourself, what is something right now that lights me up, that I'm passionate about? And whatever that is, can you find something around that to get you moving more? Whatever that is. Third question, what is something in my future that I'm looking forward to? And make that your goal for fitness. It might be a trip, it might be a wedding, it might be grandbabies are being born. So maybe your goal now becomes, oh my God, I'm so excited to see my grandbabies in eight months when they get born for my daughter, but I wanna be around long enough to play with them. Make that your goal. Tie your goals, your fitness goals, into the strengths of your past, the passion of your present, and the purpose and meaning that comes from your future. And second thing is, only look back to see how far you've come. Start where you are, do the best you can, and good is great. That's awesome. I look back and see how successful you are. And that it reminded me, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, you've been in the, in the, in the fitness aerobics, I said aerobics, that shows how long yep. I've been in it, but you've been in the fitness game for, for a number of years. Yeah. How have your workouts changed as you've matured? I now, the thing I now work out for is what do I need to, what does my life need today? So I got to tell you, Pete, every day is different. I went through a really, really challenging year last year. My life that I thought I was going to live was completely uprooted overnight. And so for many, about six months, I say I moved so I could take another breath. Mm -hmm. I moved so I could get up and function. And I knew I wasn't able to go to, to get through my, the sadness and grieving what I thought my future was going to be without movement. So that movement for six months was just to get up and get to the next day. And then I healed, I moved on, my life is thriving. And now I'm moving. What my body needs is energy and focus because I'm on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> and so at 52, what I need, what my body craves is energy and focus. And I know when I take walks, when I do my weight training, I feel empowered, I feel focused. But it's not about building stronger muscles. It's about having a strong body because I want to, I have no no desire to retire for a good 10 to 15 years. So it's not about the body I have now, it's having a strong body that allows me to travel, to be up on stage talking, inspiring hopefully. Um, so again, depending where I'm in my life, I remember what does my life need today? And sometimes it must, might just be if you're grieving a loss of a loved one or a challenging time, it might just be, I just gotta remember that I can breathe. And you know, that might be a walk in nature so you can forget about your, what you're going through for a moment. Sometimes it might be, my God, a job promotion coming up. I got to put on my courage muscle. Maybe it is a bit of hit training, you know, to power up my, yeah. my brain and really fire my body up. 
I just say, ask yourself, what is it you're training for? It might be a marathon, then that's going to be different. It might be an ultra mat, whatever, it, that's different. But if you're training for life, honor what it is that your body needs today. Tomorrow's going to be different to today. And don't do the workouts that worked for you 10, 20 years ago. That's be important. where you are right now. Be and here and now. That's so important is that you have to respect how your body does change during the aging process. But, and one of the things I always try to make a point of in this podcast, is that we control the aging process through activity. And it's not just exercise. Petra's absolutely right. What you're absolutely right, Petra, is it's being physically active. That means walking. That means getting up and moving. You slow down, and I should have said this earlier, you slow down the aging if the more active you are. By, by changing your, neuro, your, your, neuro, your, your neuroendocrine system, by changing certain serotonin and dopamine levels, by, by you know, high-intensity exercise, if you're over 50, for women, it improves your growth hormone. It gives you a younger look. That's why you glow. Ha-ha. You know, Petra looks, you know, many, I didn't realize you were over 50. I knew, I knew we were about the same age. Yeah. You know, you're a few years older than me, but, you know, I always consider you about up here. I didn't realize you are that, that much older than me. Petra, but in twice, did you hear that, people? Anyway, but with that saying, also, like, we look and talk about the blue zones where people yeah. grow to, like, thrive into their hundreds. They, um, they actually burn five times more calories than we do without a gym. Yeah, they're moving all day. Exactly. They're exercising, they're active, yeah. and they're engaging people. That's one key, I think, to happiness is if you're around more people, you're probably in a better mood if you are people like-minded people. I was going to say, also really notice, they say you are a reflection of the five people closest to you. Hmm. So again, we can't always change. You know, sometimes there are challenging family members that are always like, you know, the, you know, the devil's advocate. You can't let, and it's not our job to change them. Yeah. But when we choose to focus on the good, we choose to see what's working in our lives. We choose to be grateful for the extraordinary in the ordinary. And we surround ourselves with people who are choosing to be the very best that they can be and support each other along the way. That, along with community, right eating, right mind, moving your body, moving your brain, and moving your breath, is a great way to move forward into a positive life. I hope you help it fit your half your day. Well, Petra, thank you for your time. That's www.petracolber.com. And I'll have her website down in the show notes. So I really appreciate your time, sweetheart. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for this time. And thank you, everybody. Just do the best you can. And again, you are amazing right where you are. If you know Petra, then you know that she is an amazing ball of positive energy. And this interview doesn't do justice into what a truly awesome person she is. If you didn't know Petra, then hopefully our interview gave you a little insight into why you should be rethinking your approach to exercise. Yes, looking good is important, but Petra's philosophy, and I agree with her a thousand percent, is that feeling better is a key ingredient to looking better. I think moving to happiness is a brilliant concept, and if we all focused a little bit more on what we could be doing to be happier, that would make the world a much better place. Changing the world through exercise Yes, it's possible. At least that's my goal here on All About Fitness. Thanks for tuning in. Please follow me on PeteMC underscore fitness on Twitter. That's PeteMC underscore fitness on Twitter. And you can find me at Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and have a happy and fit day.